to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, um, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Joshua Kreitzer on the line. He is the founder and CEO over at Channel Bakers. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam, absolutely. Oh, man, Josh, I can't wait to get into what you're doing over at Channel Bakers, and I also want to know how you're helping your clients, and this is their tagline to the listeners, um, grow their dough. Um, I want to hear the story behind how you came (laughs) up with that, too, because grow the dough, Channel Bakers, come on, man, you're not in marketing, are you? Uh, (laughs) Before we get into all that, though, I want to go back a little bit. Um, I want to talk, get into your um, past a little. So how did you get started as an entrepreneur in business? Yeah, you know, I started my professional career at the age of 19, uh, graduated high school, and then with regard to the college, I went to school at night, worked full-time by day, even had a couple side jobs. Uh, I worked at Disneyland for one summer, as an example, um, but I always had to hustle, and for me, it was a matter of, like, I know I could be doing more with my time, and I, this is the time of, like, I'm young, I should be out working and earning and so I can play later. Um, and I, I tried a number of things, right? Um, and we're going to talk in a second about the proliferation of knockoff brands um, from overseas. And so going into trying to build my own product line for something became kind of um, a challenge. So I stepped out of that for a minute. I tried multi-level marketing programs. Like I did anything and everything I could. For the longest time, I have said, I'm an employee. No, I'm an entrepreneur stuck in an employee's career. There we go. I always get that twisted. But but that was kind of like my tagline that I just kept having in the back of my mind, knowing that I wanted to do something big, great, and on my own. Um, the unique marriage of all the different elements of my career path have led me to bring to the table for many large tier one household brand name brands a very unique approach to how they handle the internet and retail and e-commerce as a whole. So we'll get into that in just a second. But um like I said, I, I've always thought I was an entrepreneur stuck in an employee's career, and I was willing to try anything and do whatever it took. Um, and my wife will tell you, I've always had a whatever it takes <laughs> attitude. Um, so there's there's that element. I hope I answered that in a good sense. <laughs> oh yeah, no. So um, and I I love your story, by the way. Willing to work, willing to work nights, willing to do what it took, and also um, also going through the challenges of you know finding your path before you hit that right that right real niche. I mean, myself, I tried to count the other day and I, I went all the way back to like elementary, possibly younger than that. I mean, one of my first, I don't know if I ever showed this on the podcast, one of my first like quote unquote jobs I remember was I, I used to, um, cause you brought up marketing. Um, and I remember my, I, when I was like in seventh grade, obviously under my mom's and dad's name, but I remember selling like cleaning products through Amway to like all their friends yep. and other things like that. I was like, I yep. was like, I tried really young. And, and when I, I tried, that's why I can't remember the amount of businesses, but I'm probably, you know, I'm, I was probably 18 businesses in before my last, uh, my the last couple of things I've done have done well. Right. Um, and so I love that challenge. So now you've learned so much, you've grown so much as an entrepreneur, business person, um, we all do. If you could give some advice to that Josh that was just getting started again, what would you tell him? I think really uh, one of the key learnings that I've had in this entire experience is 
it's not all, you know, peaches and roses. It's there are those stories that you're going to have that are going to drive you absolutely insane. They make for amazing narratives down the road, and they make for great stories to share and tell. Uh, a quick one would be I broke my collarbone um, on July 3rd, 2016, and uh, ended up getting nine screws. But I had to uh, be at the office on July 5th. My clients were not going to accept that I was not delivering um, mm. when I needed to deliver. So I was in bed on the 4th, got up, got a sling at the office mm. July 5th. But then coming out of surgery two weeks later, my wife tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, so you're, you're awake, you're alive, you're good, right? Yeah, great. So one of our largest clients um, got the routing number wrong for a $50,000 check, and we need to make payroll on Monday, and that happened to be a Friday. So I had literally four hours because that company's accounting department was in Costa Rica, and I had three different phones going and two laptops open trying to resubmit the invoices with the routing number correct and everything else. But at the end of the day, um, those are those entrepreneurial stories. And everybody who's ever been a successful entrepreneur is going to have those stories when they come expect them. Don't let them take the wind out of your sails. Don't let them kill your enthusiasm. But those stories are those golden nuggets that you're going to have and you can learn from them or you can let them destroy you. Oh, I love it, man. That's a great story. And, uh, and for the people listening that have been, that are tenured in business, I know you have your own and you probably just cringe. Like if you're listening to this in your car, you cringe. <laughs> if you're in your office, you're like, Oh, he brought, Josh brought a little bit of that little pang, um, right back to you. And you remember some things that you probably haven't thought of in a long time. If you're, if you're new to the, if you're new to the entrepreneurial, um, um, road or path, um, then don't worry. You got it coming to, even though you think you got it figured out, but just remember Josh's advice on that. Um, and I think that's a great, that's a great transition. So you're right. It's not always peaches and roses. I mean, but there's also some dough involved. So let's get into channel bakers and growing the dough. First, you got to tell me about the name and that story, please. Absolutely. So, uh, Grow the Dough came before the name Channel Bakers. Um, once upon a time, I worked at a company called Buy.com. Buy.com was the world's first drop shipping business model where they tapped into a supplier distributor um, catalog feed and then threw all those products on a website. Um, with that said, Scott Blum, who founded Buy.com back in the early 2000s, um, went straight to consumer at 10 points below distribution costs. So imagine that a pair of like $99 beats was a street price, an MSRP of $99, but distribution cost on that may have been $60. Blum went to market at $50 direct to consumer, undercut all of that, any given, every one of our brand partners channel. So it could have been distribution channel, it could have been retail channel, it could have been business to business channel, government enterprise, like went straight to market direct to consumer at 10 points below and lost a ton of money the first year, but went from zero to a hundred million. They hired me to go in and say, Hey, sorry about goofing up your entire pricing strategy for the past year, but um, we really apologize for that. Uh, but I'm doing about 5 million a year from you now. So I'm going to need some marketing dollars to keep that going. Right. And that was my first gig. <laughs> Right. And so I got I got F bombed out of every booth at every trade show. I got you know, all of the above. And that was at that that time I was about the age of twenty three, twenty four. Uh but I knew I had to create some value that meant something to these brands who we just pissed off. And mm -hmm. by T V was one of those um features that we were trying to explore the first concept of a retailer having their own 
like a third-party editorial review content, mm -hmm. but done in video. Mm. And that was one of my favorite programs to hustle because we had a very unique audience at that time. Believe it or not, the audience was 52% female between the ages of 18 and 37. So mm. when looking at some of the first people I sold the program to for Buy TV, it was Intel. But I called my program because it wasn't just the TV placement that I was, and, and uh, video review. It was that plus the homepage exposure plus an email blast plus the category roto and all of those different pieces of the puzzle. I called it the Grow the Dough Package. The narrative there was, we're not going to continue to share shifts from one retailer to the other. We're not here to be disruptive any longer. We want to be your partner and educate a new audience. Mm -hmm. And if we educate a new audience, then we're bringing – like we're growing your dough. We're creating a new total available market, a, two address, a total addressable market, a new TAM, right? That's your pizza pie or your, your apple pie, whatever you want to call it. We're not here to – slice and dice that by just moving it all to us and disrupting the rest of your channels. I want to like, genuinely add value. We've got a unique audience. We can educate them. And Intel bought it with the mindset that the next time that audience, that female audience that we normally don't address, we're going to put them into consideration for you, Intel, but we're also going to educate them through the process. So when they come to buy a laptop, why an Intel-based laptop, right? And so mm -hmm. I called it the Grow the Dough program. I bought the domain name growthedough.com, like, way back in 2003. Um, and so I always hung on to Grow the Dough. I knew Grow the Dough was uh, the thing, right? So good. Um, fast forward, um, I had already been working for a number of brands. I switched from working for a disruptive internet retailer, and then I switched to work for tier one brands. The one that's most recognizable um, would be GoPro, right? Mm -hmm. And um, while at GoPro, my pitch to every one of our, you know, uh, retail partners that I was responsible for was, Tell me how you're going to go educate your existing audience on GoPro products and why they should have an action camera and our story behind being a hero, right, and putting them in the frame and the point of view and getting it to see the world from their point of view. Like, tell me how you're going to do that for me. Don't tell me, uh, tag it direct, how you're going to steal share from Newegg or Best Buy or Costco. I don't want to hear that. That's not the story you should be telling me right now, Mr. Mm -hmm. Buyer, right, mm -hmm. Mr. Merchant. I want to hear how you're going to educate your existing audience and that was, again, me following through the grow the, with the Grow the Dough storyline um, on the other side of the table now, right? Grow That's the amazing. Dough with regard to – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's really cutting edge because the timeline at which you're doing this also. Now for your really advanced marketers that are listening to this, they're like, oh, of course, that seems obvious. Um, and to right. your beginner marketers or to somebody maybe that hasn't gone as far down the line as they have in their personal business or in their marketing or what they're doing, because maybe yep. they've already been successful or they've been in business 20 years and they're listening to your concepts and they don't like they, they get them, but they don't know how important they are. Let me just put this out there. Like the people that do what Josh is saying are, and, and um, they will eat your lunch in time because they will gain brand loyalty. They'll gain some other things, and you will look at what's going on with the business. It's been successful for many years, but it's a it's a different way of telling your story. The old model um, just isn't quite as effective. Um, so Absolutely. the time period you're doing this at, you're really a pioneer in doing that type of storytelling. That's a perfect segue, I think, if we want to go into the meat potatoes of what is Channel Bakers all about, what do we do, how please, do we please. my client base is. Please. Um, so there's a massive prol um, proliferation of what I call uh, knockoffs. Um, at GoPro, we call them JMF, Janky Mother Right, <laughs> right? JMF, yeah. okay? And, and what these are is 
uh, and this happened um, on the outset with eBay first, then Amazon, but opening the door mm-hmm. to Shenzhen and Hong Kong and allowing all these OEM supplier factories that are manufacturing for these like, truly innovative brands. That's who I serve. Brands mm-hmm. that are trying to innovate, come up with new technologies, come up with the next thing that society demands. Right? We're always demanding the next new awesome widget. Um, and with that, the factories then got access on eBay first to be able to sell their knockoff variation version. Um, there's more often than not no real IP in the landscape of what you can build in China overnight versus in the United States brands suing each other over IP. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you open that door and they come to the U.S. market and they're on eBay and Amazon in their marketplaces, I'll encourage you right now just to go to Amazon.com and type in Action Camera. Tell me mm-hmm. if you recognize any of the brands that are organically ranked as number one. I'll give you a fun story behind that. Once upon Please. a time, the number one brand, and you should have read those customer reviews. They were amazing. When you typed in Action Camera, it was Gizcam. There's two ways you can pronounce that. Gizcam or we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. The reviews will tell that story, all right? But having said that, another fun, you know, knockoff brand. And by the way, these brand names are embarrassing, right? I just mentioned Gizcam. Mm-hmm. Another one is China Face. Like, that's the actual brand name, right? Wow. And I use my Dr. Evil quotes when I say brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just this proliferation of knockoffs, right? And my clients who are these truly innovative brands, I can share Samsung as an example as a client. Um, in the in apparel space, we're, like, looking at Calvin Klein's and, and what have you, right? So I cater to the large premium brands. I cater to the brands that are truly innovative, that have a new technology or are thinking about something new and being disruptive because they just want to deliver the best customer experience in a landscape where the customer experience sucks for that product line. Like, those are the brands I want to engage, right? It doesn't have to be a blue chip household brand name like Samsung or Calvin Klein or anything along those lines. It could be somebody that's a startup that is truly innovating in their space. I want to help them innovate in their space before the knockoffs attack, right? But I mm-hmm. exist to not just grow the dough in the landscape of Amazon only, but because of my unique background in, in working for a distributor at the age of 19, then moving into a disruptive uh, internet retailer, and then go working for manufacturers handling brick and mortar, omni-channel, and e-commerce, and the internet retail landscape of bigbox.com, right, as well as their own branded.com, like that's a very unique background. Um, being able to tie that all in together helps me help my clients not just succeed against the knockoffs on Amazon, but how to succeed in a brick-and-mortar landscape as well as within e-com on their own site. But their true enemy today is not Amazon in their marketplace or eBay in their marketplace. It's a proliferation of all the knockoffs. And that's how I exist to help innovative brands grow the dough and win that battle against the knockoffs through content, creative services, Obviously, with advertising, that's what we're known for, um, and that's part of my story we haven't touched on just yet, but how did Channel Baker start? We'll get there. But is that kind of a good kind of idea behind who we are, what we're about? Because that's, yeah. that's, that's more important to me than anything else. It's who we are and what we're about more than, I think, like, oh, I'm an agency, right? Yeah, I think one of the, um, one of the interesting things here is and, and that um, I guess the old word we used to use would be like commoditized. So things that like exactly. your brand or what you're doing, like you don't want to become a commodity, but the only way to not become a commodity is to have also a compelling story. It's not exactly. the, it's not the, it's not the best technology that wins. We know that like it's 100% yeah. not the best technology. It's not the best uh, a, a, a software. It's not always even the best salespeople doing it, not for long-term, maybe to get you in, but not for renewal. 
Um, yep. It's not like if you don't if you don't have something else behind that. And I mean, it goes we can go way further back and just say people like doing business with brands and people that they like. I mean, that's not changing anytime soon. Um, right. What kind of right. um, what kind of trends are you noticing in your market? So that's a phenomenal question. Thank you for asking. For me, number one, it is this you know epidemic um, uh, of knockoff brands. That's that's one. Um, two, as we look at Gen Z on the horizon, uh, we validate this through Amazon search data and Google search data. But mm-hmm. as a result of the Great Recession, Gen Z ha- is significantly more brand agnostic and price sensitive. Imagine that Gen Z is a future shopper of America in the course of this year, by the way. 2019 is the year that Gen Z from a population size overtakes millennials, right? Millennials still have more discretionary income, but Gen Z has a lot of buying power. They are more brand agnostic. So imagine that great recession. They were young. They might have been under 10 years old, and they saw mom and dad go to the dollar store. The dollar store and the Dollar Tree exploded during that time because they would buy the $1 knockoff, you know, maybe it's an in-store house brand version mm. of a Colgate toothbrush that was $5 mm-hmm. a toothbrush, right? Mom and dad mm-hmm. were pinched. So this new audience that we all have to cater to in the course of the next, I wouldn't even say five years, I'd say next two to three years because they have a mm-hmm. huge buying power. When they come to Amazon and search for products, uh, that ever, the, the, not only just the volume, but the, the, various, the different variations of keywords that they hand type into the search field, Mm. It's significantly more non-branded versus looking for a specific brand and or a specific model number or a specific product. Wow. So simple, simple example would be instead of typing in Colgate, they're typing in toothpaste. Yep. Oh, got or it. Or mid-flavor toothpaste or toothpaste, yeah. small, large, travel toothpaste. They're not coming in looking for Colgate travel toothpaste. They're not coming in uh. looking for Sensodyne. So that, and that is rampant, by the way. Not just mm-hmm. in toothpaste or CPG, it's in CE, it's in every category that exists. Even in the landscape of uh, wearables, as an example, you might assume it's Garmin and Fitbit. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's one of the categories where we've seen massive growth with regard to non-branded search, uh, non-branded searches increasing. So, mm-hmm. again, it, this, is, this is happening across every – and then who's there to meet them? The knockoff brand, mm-hmm. right? So this is, this is why I exist. <laughs> wow, man, I, I, I could I could I could completely um, nerd out with you all day on search words and all of these things. Oh, um, I, I love it. Um, but if somebody's listening to this, Josh, and if they um, and if they want more information about Channel Bakers to see what you guys are up to or to connect with you, I mean, what's the best way for them to follow up? Um, definitely our website, but I would say I have some really important content that I like sharing just about who we are. On our mm-hmm. YouTube channel, um, we are beginning to do a lot more from a content standpoint behind webinars and so forth. But um, I didn't want to let loose the secret sauce too early on. We grew very organically um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, but uh, you're going to begin to see more content speaking through those trends that I just shared mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the others through our YouTube channel. Um, of okay. course, channelbakers.com. But um, I think people are gravitating more and more towards video these days. That's another trend that we can spend hours talking about. But Awesome. Um, there you have it. 
Well, hey, so I just subscribed um, Channel Bakers on YouTube. I see you have a couple videos up. Looking forward to checking those out um, this weekend when I got a little bit of downtime. Um, so thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. I appreciate that. Um, to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, Channel Bakers, um, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And uh, leave me a review. Do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. Thank you. And Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it.